0: This is the BBC.
1: This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK.
2: This is the Coast and Country download from the BBC. You can find the terms and conditions on our website at www.bbc.co.uk forward slash radio 4. Today you can hear Open Country with me, Helen Mark. The North Antrim coast of Northern Ireland is a world famous destination. And on this week's Open Country, I'm going to explore it. And most people, when they come here to go to the Giants Causeway, they go along the roadway. But we have a very special experience ahead of us because we're going to do it actually on the water, below the cliffs, along the sandy shores and the rocky beaches that are here. It's going to be quite an experience. All the more so because I'm going to have some wonderful company on this journey, not least with Robin Ruddock. We're starting here in Port Rush. We're in the harbour. We're going to head out from here, Robin. How do you feel each time you head out into these waters?
3: I love it. I love where I live. I've been living here for about 40 years and I'm learning every day. I'll take you along the coast. We can get into caves through sea arches. We can explore places. That the normal tourist just doesn't get to see. We'll do it by kayak, and to get between locations, we'll use a, a, a boat mm-hmm. to, to travel. But we'll we'll launch off that boat and get into some <laughs> absolutely marvelous, spectacular places. We'll see geology. We'll see bird life. We may be blessed with dolphins, with porpoises. Can't guarantee that. Seals. <laughs> We've a really good chance of seals uh, and a whole variety of seabirds.
2: You make it sound so good. You know, I don't think I'll mind even getting wet.
3: <laughs> Don't worry, I'll, I'll kit you up, I'll keep you dry.
2: <laughs> We've got some great company to go out with, haven't we,
3: Robin? Down on the boat, uh, Alan, today, I've brought along some friends, really good company. Folks that'll give us the, the story, the inside story, on a lot of these different aspects of the journey. OK, Alan.
2: heading out towards the skerries, the rocky outcrop, not too far away from shore, yeah. and we've got great company, Robin, so who's all here? I'll
3: take us through the boat up in the bow. Uh, the skipper is Alan Wilson, and Alan knows these waters like the back of his hand. And Jim Allen, then. Uh, Jim's a very good friend, an environmentalist, local lad, steeped in the sea, passionate about the sea. And behind the Dave Wall, the Ulster Wildlife Trust, and then uh, Claire, Claire Goodwin, from search and then uh, down in the stern with Joe Green and Jones from the Environment Agency. Joe's been diving these waters since he, goodness ever since he arrived here.
2: So we have left uh, Port Rush Harbour and within a few minutes we're out at the rocky outcrop, they're known as the scaries and even in this short journey you get glimpses of the porpoise that use these waters to feed in now, we're going to see if we can get a little bit closer to the skerries here. We're just coasting along the inland side and you get a lovely sense of the rock formations, the layer upon layer of basalt that we've got. And there's quite a bit of green vegetation, some sort of tall grass. There are seabirds of all sorts on the island, in the water. Jim Allen, I know that you've been out here many's the time.
0: Yeah, great name to begin with, skerries. You know, it's a it's a Gaelic word meaning sea rocks. Oh, so perfect! And and the super way that they're sloped towards the, the shore and then that sheer drop in the back. My grandfather over the road as a fisherman out of Portrush and brought tourists out here and dumped them in the island and told them all sorts of stories of big strange seals that would have gobbled you up and so on. So there's a lot of fun <laughs> to be had from Portrush people about the scarys. But on a serious note, they really are a special place. Why? From my point of view as an environmental education officer. I take both the fun stories and mix them with the science if you like. So we've got all sorts of weird and wonderful tales to tell about the Scary Islands.
3: Oh, hi! What's going down? A wee colony of seals across here. Okay. There are two types of seal out here: the common seal and the grey seal. And down on the rock here, this reef, quite often they linger in this area and they've hauled out. See the
2: head. There they are. They pull themselves out of the water and they're just basking in the sunshine.
3: And the skerries are perfect for seals to haul out on as well because the wedge shape they are. You see, it's almost like a natural slipway into the water.
2: It's lovely to be distracted from our conversation Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, no problem with as that. as lovely as the seals. No. But now, Jim, we are coming round the back of the skerries, and I'm getting a real sense of the, the cliff edge, which actually is a, is a carbon copy of the cliff edge is it's actually the mainland
0: of, of North Antrim. No, you, you, you've so. got it spot on. This is black basalt country. This is volcanic country. And that's, that's really what happens. The sea levels are rising and falling and cutting into the land and creating these raised beaches.
2: So here I am on the boat with Joe Breen. Now, Joe, I know that you're a marine biologist and a diver. Mm -hmm. and that, Claire Goodwin, you are with SeaSearch Northern Ireland, which is actually a UK project for volunteer divers. You both have this great love of diving, so could you begin to describe the experience that you have had beneath the waters here?
4: Well, I probably started diving in skies 30 years ago, and three years ago, this section here was designated as a special area of conservation for its reefs and sandbanks. And interestingly enough, for harbour Porpoise.
2: And there's a chance that we could see them in and around the rocks here.
4: There's a very good chance you can see it, you know. Right. Hopefully,
2: keep your eyes peeled. Yep. But what you were really interested in, both of you, is what lies beneath mm. and what you discovered.
4: When we started diving thirty years ago, you know, we were trying to designate sites based on just single points of information, and it's very very hard to get a you know the concept of what the the undersea looks like. But we commissioned a seabed mapping survey about seven years ago now. And what it showed us was that the underwater landscape was as dramatic, as if not more dramatic, than what was above. And we discovered these fantastic underwater cliffs, 100, 130 metres you know, vertically underwater. with sunken lagoons, which we just didn't know were there. Fantastic sand dunes, underwater sand dunes, 70 metres high, almost vertical, coming up to about 40 metres you know, from the surface. No-one knew they were there until we did this survey. It was just a real eye-opener to How see it. How
2: exciting that must mm. have been for you to, to mm. be there and you, you physically saw it yep.
4: We saw it through the pictures created by acoustic mapping uh-huh. so we used sound because light doesn't penetrate in the water very well so we had to use the latest technology, same technology used to search for oil and gas and we've now brought it into marine biology yeah. and, and the beauty was then we were able to get the likes of Sea Search and others to go to specific pieces of landscape mm. and describe what they see
2: and you did that,
5: Claire. Yes, yeah, so Jay would ask us to go to particular places. We'd take our team of volunteer divers in and we'd record what we were seeing underwater. So we record the species and habitats that were there. And what were you seeing? Well, the Skerries is interesting because <coughs> it's very different on the inside of the Skerries, to on the outside. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is more the more protected side. So we've got um, a seagrass bed just up there underwater. And on the outside, there's really nice rocky walls with sponges and all sorts of um, different things on them. What's it like when you're down
2: there? What does it feel like?
4: First time I ever dived, the cliffs are north of Rathlin. These are submerged cliffs. They go down to about 175 metres. And they, they start off about 15 metres below sea level. And the first time I went over one, my stomach went into my mouth. It was a bit like going over the Grand Canyon in a helicopter. And I scurried back and literally held on to the edge <laughs> of the rock. Because you're looking down and you know if you can't get your buoyancy right, there's only one way and that's down. It's the closest thing you'll get to flying without wings or a parachute, particularly here in North Atlantic where the waters are so clear.
2: I can see on the surface with great currents mm. swirling round the you know the edges of the outcrops of rock. And
0: if,
4: if you look at a map of Northern Ireland, you'll see where we are placed. We're influenced by the, the Gulf Stream, so we have a lot of warm water species coming up, but we're also influenced by the Arctic. So really the north coast of northern ireland is a meeting point between warm species and gulf species and the arctic species and that's why we have such a big diversity here but it also means we're very difficult diving conditions the currents here are treacherous you know because you've got the whole of the atlantic trying to get into the Irish sea through the north channel twice a day (laughs) so we really do have to time our dives
2: is this An ongoing thing for you. Will you be searching the seas around this coastline, you know, for years to come, maybe?
4: Oh,
5: definitely. I mean, one of the really interesting things about the scary is Joe talked before about it being warmer water than the rest of the Northern Ireland coast. And for that reason, it's one of the first places we get any species that are coming in due to climate change. So we found in 2006, we found a species called the red blenny. Um, it's a fish. It's um, it's quite a cute fish. Actually, it's got little eyebrows that come above its eyes and point up. Um, and we found the first record of that in Northern Ireland here in two thousand and six. But since, with Sea Search volunteers, we found it in two thousand and ten uh, around the Templemore wreck right? near Ballycastle, which is just a bit further up the coast. And we've also got a record from the Carrickacreeve Rope Bridge um, that was in two thousand and eleven. So it is disappear to be moving its way around the coast.
4: Species are changing and, and it is a good way, as Claire said, you know, to get a good hands-on indication of what is happening by recording these species as they come and go because we're not only interested in what's coming we're also interested in what species are disappearing and, and certainly if you, if you look at records in the IRC now you can see Certain fish species are disappearing completely. People have jumped very quickly to blame the fishing industries. Others will say it's climate change. The important thing is we need to gather the evidence to help inform that science. And that's what we do both as a department, but also in partnership with the likes of Sea Search and volunteers.
2: We're fascinated by the big creatures of the sea, and we get them in, in the waters around here. David Wall is with Ulster Wildlife.
6: This year, the Wildlife Trusts are promoting the, what we call the ocean giants, which is all the big stuff in the ocean, <laughs> which ranges from bassin sharks. This is the time of year we would expect bassin sharks to start cropping up off the coast here. You're talking about the second biggest fish in the world. They grow up to 25 foot, maybe 30 foot long. The yeah. harbour porpoise are also here, and they're here all year round. They're, they're resident.
2: They have a local name, don't they?
6: I suppose the most common one they're called is the puffing pig because if we had a harbour porpoise beside the boat here now, you'd just hear a little pfft, pfft, as as they exhale.
2: What else comes to use these waters along the North Antrim coast here?
6: In addition to the harbour porpoise, we have the bottlenose dolphins, which would be our most frequently occurring dolphin species. We also get common dolphin off these shores. They're not very frequent, but they've been recorded from Runcary Point and Port Rush we get minke whales here during the summer and we've also in the last few years began recording humpback whales here in very small numbers but with increasing regularity. Being the sea, it's a bit like fishing anything can show up and probably will.
2: And just to sort of of conclude why is it important that we as individuals or maybe the whole of the country recognise, understand what's happening in our seascape?
4: The way I think about it is you've got to appreciate just how much we derive from the sea. Not just pleasure and appreciation, but also our fish and our physical enjoyment. But the sea is also important in controlling the climate. The sea is what absorbs the carbon dioxide. It's what regulates the air we breathe. So we we have to protect the sea, everything that's in it, because ultimately we're going to be protecting ourselves.
2: What we're going to do now is is something very special. We're going to take a short journey in a sea kayak and Robin Ruddock is going to be in charge of this little expedition. And we're going to get into the kayak from the back of the boat that we're on. So just a little bit of a manoeuvre as I just climb very gently down into the kayak.
3: And it
2: just sits very high on the water. And a little bit of a
5: wobble there, but we're fine.
3: I'll just slide you forward now, Helen, and I'll get in. It's beautiful conditions today. I mean, the sun is just lovely, the way it's glistening on the surface of the sea.
2: And we are, how far out from the shore would you say we were, Robin?
3: We're a couple of hundred metres off the coast and directly ahead is a beautiful cave system called the uh, Cathedral Caves. And we'll make our way away to the east then along this section of limestone We'll head up towards Dunluce Castle.
2: This is just absolutely spectacular. I just need a, a sort of almost a few seconds to to take it in, because although I'm familiar with the North Antrim coastline, it's always been from the road, and here I am approaching it from the seaward side, and we're heading towards this coastline, which has these great caves, obviously been carved out by hundreds of thousands of years of of wave action.
3: These rocks would have been formed I think around 250 million years ago.
2: Now for for us in the kayak these are magnificent conditions. It's very calm, Uh, the water is crystal clear, we have bird life skimming over the top of the water heading off to their nests on the cliffs.
3: I, I love this area because it's never the same one day to the next. I I could paddle this and I do often paddle this on a daily basis and yet it is never the same. I mean today are the best conditions, you've been blessed with a beautiful day. We have the sun, we're sitting in crystal clear water over sand and when you get that combination you could be in the tropics. I mean it's just aquamarine, it's beautiful, we can see the bottom, you can see the ripple pattern on the seabed of the sand. And then ahead of us, now we're within about 15, 20 metres of the coast, you can see the the beds of seaweed that are attached to the rocks that have broken off. Uh, So even though there's sand underneath, you have uh, rocks beneath us now in towards the shore. And that's what's allowing the the seaweed to anchor itself. But just before we enter into Cathedral Cave, I'd like to show you a way to the west. You'll see caves on the beach. And those caves are some of the first caves settled by our first settlers in the whole of Ireland came in from Scotland and landed on this coast. And they thought they were in heaven. They came in, there was accommodation. There's actually a stream below the, the house with the red roof. So they had fresh water at their doorstep. They had, in the limestone, you can see the bands of flint. And that was their, their primary source of tools, uh, flint knives and... I have actually found flint knives on the beach and up at Mount Sandal in Coleraine, only a matter of miles from here, is the oldest settlement site in Ireland, going back about 9,000 years.
2: And now we get closer to the caves and we're blocked from the sunshine and the temperature drops and the colours of the water change. And we are now just drifting into a sea cave in our kayak. And it's like entering a magnificent cathedral robin look at that shaft of sunlight coming down to meet us in the beautiful. depth of this cave
3: it's just beautiful
2: that was oh what an astounding experience and we paddle back out into the light and the the shades of blue ahead of us from dark to aquamarine and you begin to feel that swell again the waves are not crashing, they're just making us rise and fall very gently. And we're following the same pattern as the birds there, just sitting on the water.
3: Those are uh, female eider. Those mm-hmm. are eider duck. Mm-hmm. Out to our left, Helen, you'll see, you see the wee uh, blackbirds with the white wing patches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about 30 metres out to the left. Those are the black guillemots, and they're cave-nesting guillemots. Most of the guillemots and razor bills, the ox. They would live on the coast and live on ledges, but the the black guillemot prefers to be in uh, a cave and in the dark, out of uh, of the light for their their nests. And we're going to paddle
2: very close to the coast here.
3: If you look ahead, Helen, do you see there's one of the most spectacular features on the causeway coast. You begin to pick up the profile of a face. It looks too accurate to be natural, and yet it is. There's now the nose appearing. You see above Dunluce Castle? Oh.
2: Ahead of us. Yep. This giant face. Large nose pointing out to sea. The rock shading underneath makes it look almost like a mouth with a smile. And the indentations above the nose, they look like eyes. It's like the giant has left himself here in the rock. Yeah. The Causeway Giant.
3: Oh. <gasps> that one's called the giant's head or sheila's head of course the giant's head or sheila's head
2: you know these rocks and these waters so intimately robin how long have you been doing this in your life
3: i have been up here 30 well, nearly 40 years and uh, i've paddled this coastline thousands of times you could never become uh, tired of this you know when you see the colors and the shapes of the rocks But what I love too, Helen, is the people are always different as well. So you're sharing this with folk, bringing new people in, and that gives me a lot of pleasure to to be able to share this and to share it with you today. This is really special.
2: And look at the the, below us again. The water is crystal clear, so clear that we get this magnifying effect of the seaweeds. Ah,
3: There's a peregrine falcon just above us. A peregrine just took off. Literally just took off because and headed out to sea. We'll watch caves. for it, we'll yeah. watch for it. We've come through a sea arch. Almost it's almost into a like very a channel. We're, yeah. we're, we're hemmed in between limestone, a big face of limestone, and uh, between it and the, the main cliff. And this, this one is named, uh, it's actually called Lord Antrim's Parlor. I know there are paragons along here, and on the top of the giant's head is where it goes. When it catches uh, one of the rock pigeons, that's where it, it takes the kill and feeds on it. So you're going to see something that very, very few, even kayakers see. Most people miss this. There's a tiny arch that lines up with a huge arch and framed in the background you'll have Dunluce Castle.
2: So this is getting very shallow. Yeah. And we're coming look right at that. Again look left. Look, left. The look through cliff. the arch. And look through the archway. The silhouette of this ruined castle.
3: Now, how's that <sighs> for a view?
2: Oh my goodness. The natural limestone arch forms a picture frame for Dunluce Castle. These ruins set right on the cliff edge. It is a human landscape then because people have perched on the clifftops. People have fished in the waters below. People have taken flint from the limestone. It tells a history of man and endless time, all in that same moment.
3: You feel connected right from the first people to come here, right through the generations of various settlers. And for those first hunter-gatherers, this was uh, a land of plenty. And for subsequent generations, the sea's our most valuable uh, resource, really. People, you know, we're aware, we're more aware of the land because we live on the land. But really, we have to look to the sea for sustainability. And the only way for it to become sustainable is for people to treasure it, to understand it. And for me, again, how can you do it any better than this?
2: That was wonderful, Robin. Thank you so much for the privilege of having an encounter with landscape. Beautiful. Just like that. There's somebody on the far side of the rock pool and (laughs) she just jumped jumped off a height. So obviously I have clambered off my boat. I kept seeing different sorts of shorelines, the very distinctive Giant's Causeway with its basalt columns. Uh, Sometimes they were pebble beaches, sometimes they were just sheer cliffs with caves, but other times it was sand. And where I am now, you've got this great rocky reach out into the sea. It's full of pools and, and fascinating cracks and crevices. Annika Clements, who's a marine biologist, she and I are standing by the edge of the pool with our little daughter. So it's lovely that you're coming here with your family, but you understand it as a marine environment as well. Yes. This part of the
1: coastline is incredibly exposed. It's um, probably why we make the most of it on days like this and all get in the water. And of course, we're exposed to the Atlantic swell, comes straight in right across the Atlantic and, and pounds this coast. And that's partly why we get quite different animals and, and plant life in the waters here. From a marine biologist's perspective, this is an interesting area to watch. It's a very dynamic area because of all the storms, but it's also likely to be changing quite a bit in the future.
2: What have you seen to date in terms of changes?
1: I study the subtidal zone, so the deeper water just off here, and we use video records often and and diver records, and we've seen something called uh, a spiny sea crab, which is a very large species that's usually found in warmer waters, and we're beginning to see it tracking round the island of Ireland from the west coast, now coming along the north coast. It's not yet found on the Irish seaside at all, so it seems to be following warmer Atlantic water as it comes through, and there's also a type of sea cucumber which is this big black thing and that we have also seen doing something similar it seems to be following the gulf stream and the gulf stream comes in here but it doesn't really protrude round the corner into the irish sea so we only get little pockets of it off some of the reefs in the deeper water here
2: as we were coming along the coastline from time to time people would mention and would point north Mm -hmm. towards Rathlon, which is the island that lies about six miles off the north coast of Antrim
1: and it's part of this story as well. It's a stunning place and it's a really, yeah, it's quite a magical little jewel on the north coast and I think it's surprising how inaccessible it can be. A lot of people live along north Antrim coast but don't make it to Rathlin that often um, but it has these amazing seal haul outs. You get to see lots of seals if you go over there and it's a beautiful little journey actually that crossing between the Ballycastle side and over to the Rathlin Island. It's a lovely little fair journey and again you can really experience the dynamism of of the water because it's very turbulent there's strong currents you can really feel that even on the ferry crossing and yeah i think you can't experience the north Antrim coast
2: without taking in rathlin and that's where open country will be
6: next week